Hey, it's Chris Jones with The Jones Zone, and I want to thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. Hey, real quick, before we get started, I have a favor to ask. If you've listened to the podcast before, or if you enjoy the episode you're about to hear, please like the podcast on social media, and please leave a review. Having listeners like and review the podcast is the fastest way for it to grow and reach more people, and we really want to share our stories with the biggest audience possible. Thank you. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the Jones Own Real Estate Team. That's right. We sponsor our own podcast. So if you know of anyone looking to buy, sell, rent, or invest in residential real estate in the Charlotte, Fort Mill, Rock Hill area, have them connect with us on their favorite platform. Enjoy the show. It's Chris and Brian Jones, your real estate advocates, community connectors, talking Charlotte and York County area real estate, and interviewing business owners, entrepreneurs, and community leaders. Welcome to the Jones Zone Podcast. Three, two, one. Uh, Welcome to the Jones Zone Podcast, a.k.a. The House of the Jones. The House of Jones. The Dude. House of Jones built. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, can we do this? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Jones Zone Podcast. Can we start doing that? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. I, th- to I, the I think pod- I like that. To the better. Jones Zone Podcast. Now let's do it over. Start right, counting down. Three, two, one, go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Jones Zone Podcast. Your real estate advocates, community connectors. Oh, you're going with that. <laughs> All right. Today, we are here with Paul Gibson of Gibson Carpet Cleaning. Gibson Carpet Cleaning. Gibson's Group. Carpet Cleaning. Oh, with apostrophe S? Sorry, man. Gibson's okay. Carpet Cleaning provides superior cleaning and service <laughs> for your carpet, rugs, <laughs> upholstery, and tile. You know, in real estate, we talk. We call this doing our due diligence. Yeah, I, Chris, I know. I'm sorry. I'm man. I need a new fiduciary relationship. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> Paul is an actor, a comedian, and a photographer. And according to his website, speaking of research and due diligence... He has a green thumb and can tan easily. What's your favorite plant if you have a green thumb? Oh, I love them all. But I um, I do... Um, hibiscus? Hibiscus? I, I'm okay with hibiscus. I, it's not my favorite. Daisy? Daisy? Mm, no, I mean, I like lantana, especially when it grows all year round. The, the, um, the perennial lantana. Yeah, there's yeah, nothing to love about yeah. the perennials. There's nothing not to love about yeah, the perennials. The, the millennials, millennials, the millennials of the flowers. Well, the, these perennials actually pay more attention. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Paul, that was a quick, uh, brief introduction. But if you don't mind, um, share a little bit of your personal story and some of your professional background and how you got started with cleaning carpets and tile and all the cool things you do on the on the side. Okay. All right then. Well, I. Um, Let's see. Well, I started modeling in 1992 here in Charlotte. Um, I am a native Charlottean. Um, well, let's go back. How far do you want to go back? You want to go back 92 or? Yeah, you can start there. I mean, okay. you're a native Charlottean, so you grew up right here. And then I did. You got I did. into modeling like after high school or? Yeah, after high school, there was a... Which he's got a Tom Cruise look. Yeah, I can see, yeah, I can see it, but how, how old are you? I'm 44. Are you serious? Okay. Looks yeah. amazing. Looks amazing. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say 35. 
Honestly, I promise you. I'm not, I'm not cluttering <laughs> you up. I thought maybe you were 35. Four, all right. 44. All right. So you got into modeling. Yeah. All right. What yeah. happened? Um, well, I, I started doing it here and I was working at the record exchange. It does look like Tom Cruise. Sorry. Oh, sorry, Tom. sorry. 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 He does look like Tom yeah. Cruise though. He does. <laughs> Stay off the tables. <laughs> well, I did bring my, uh, dress shirt and underwear for later. <laughs> nice. So, um, so I, I graduated from high school and I, I got a cool job at the record exchange, which, uh, parlayed into my my other passion, which is music. I really love music. I've been playing drums since 1982. And, um, and I've just loved all aspects of music and recording and play guitar and uh, bass and drums, keyboard and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, back then I was um, using like a Tascam Porta 2 where um, you could take the cassette and you could do four tracks and ping pong them off and make your own songs. So I was like doing Cure and Nirvana at that yeah. time where I was just, you know, doing the covers and playing them back. Have you heard of Perpetual Groove? I have. You have? I think so. <laughs> he's Brian. They're awesome, man. They're awesome. Ain't that? Well, you think you've had, okay. Yeah, he's not a fan. Sounds, he's heard well, of Well, no, it sounds P funny. Groove, Perpetual Groove. They're awesome. Yeah. Yeah, they, you should check them out. Definitely check them out. Go on Bandcamp. They have a bunch of like, uh, you know, are you familiar with Bandcamp, the app, website? Well, anyway, yeah. search, go to bandcamp.com, slash, uh, search Perpetual Groove. They have a bunch of live albums from the shows they do. They have their studio albums. Amazing. Does somebody play the flute? I don't think, well, I don't know. They play all types of stuff, man. They it Bandcamp. Wants to, <laughs> Bandcamp. Never mind. All right. All right. Go ahead, man. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's not all about me. It's about no, you guys. No, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go with your story. Mm. He's taking water now. So, just take a moment. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, so, in 1992, my well, my neighbor had done modeling when she was uh, when we were in high school, and she had said that I done that I could do it, and I just didn't. I was like, well, that's not for me, and this and that. And then after I got out of high school, I was like, well, I need a job, and I could do it and see what happens, and. So I tried that and um, and I enjoyed it. I had a nominal success, but uh, I moved to Atlanta to try to pursue it further. And that's when I um, found carpet cleaning. So as far as male modeling goes, uh, I'm sure I'd be a success at it. I just don't wouldn't want to be around all those people. Yeah, yeah. Christopher <laughs> Moltisanti, Sopranos. <clears throat> I interrupt again. Go ahead. Hey. Hey. <laughs> hey! All right. But what do you mean? What is, let's explore that. What? You wouldn't want to be around those people. It, it was what a, are those people? No, it was just a quote on Sopranos. That's a quote from uh, Sopranos. Yeah, that's what, Chris, uh, that's what Christopher said. She's like, you should be he male. doesn't call them people. He calls them douchebags. Yeah, yeah. But he, she was, Adriana was like, you should be a male model. He's like, he was talking about how he was supposed to be a gangster. He's like, as far as male modeling goes, I'm sure I'd be a success at it, but I wouldn't want to be around all those douchebags. <laughs> So. How'd you get into carpet cleaning? That's why I didn't do carpet. That's why I didn't do modeling at first. And then I was like, "Oh, well, money. I'll do it. Yeah, let's do it." How'd that? How'd that get you into carpet cleaning? Like, I was um, I was waiting tables and parking cars and doing modeling, and I came across in Creative Loofing in Atlanta that want to make five hundred to a thousand dollars a week, and I said, "Yeah, would love to." And then um, it was a bait and switch company where they had the uh, 
the coupons that they send out, the Advo coupons have the lost kids on the front. And then on the back, they have the, the coupon for $5.95 per room for carpet cleaning. And um, of course, that was a that was a big scam, but I fell in love with the process of, even though they didn't teach me scientifically what I was doing, um, I did fall in love with the process of um, the activity, you know, the athletic uh, ability to push the wand, and uh, every day is a different kind of day, a different kind of situation. You got a different boss, if you will, um, and it left me with the flexibility to be able to do the other stuff. I didn't have to trade shifts with somebody in the wait staff or or parking cars. So I mean, it it gave me a chance to have my own business, and so I really loved that aspect of it. But I did not love the where they were scamming people because, you know, you'd go and you'd set up in the middle of um, somebody's living room that expected to have their stuff clean for $5.95. You'd go and you'd set up and you'd do this whole extravagant thing um, and then deep scrub this one area and say, okay, well, this four by four foot strip uh, will be clean, super clean with the deep scrub and everything. And then here's your $5.95. Oh, so it's just that, that, that little strip there. And then you've got the, uh, super deluxe clean. So this is $5 and 95 cents. And then according to these other guys, you know, this is $595, you know, mm. to make it right. So I didn't, I didn't love that. Um, I had a hard time with that. Especially, uh, you know, there would be, they'd send you all over Atlanta and sometimes I'd, I'd go to, I'd drive all over the, the town to another 45 minutes to somebody's house. And, you know, one time I had, I was driving a Honda Accord. So I had my portable in the Honda Accord and I'd taken out the driver, the um, passenger seat. So I had the portable in there and all my equipment and everything. I showed up and at the guy's house and knocked on the door. He comes to the door. He's like, where's your equipment? And I said, well, it's in my, it's in my car. And he looked at, he looked out there and he looked at me and he said, get the F out here. <laughs> and he slammed the door in my face. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. So, I mean, I would expect a, like a van or something to pull up, you know? Right, because, you know, you put the equipment on there. Yeah. And I didn't have that at the time. But then I moved back to I moved back to Charlotte and in, back in 97, and my dad was a real estate uh, developer here in town. And he knew people like Tierra Lawing and Home Realty, and he got me um, set up with them. So I was, I was doing the, the rental places while I was trying to build up my residential business yeah and um and then in the interim i i found i found a mentor out of gastonia and he's he's been doing it for 40 years and i'm i'm on my 23rd year now so um he really just gave me a practical application and i found some schooling they have the institution of inspection cleaning and restoration certification Mm. Where I uh, got certified in carpet cleaning and I learned the technical aspect of it. And then I had my mentor who um, Tommy Lawing introduced me to. And, um, you know, he just gave me a, if something was getting kind of funky or whatever, I'd call him and he would talk me off the ledge and help me 
do this. So situation. what would get funky? Yeah, in terms of you mean like in business or like or funky as in like the carpet's funky or just kind of like yeah. Um, well, I'll give you an example. So um, sometimes there are certain kinds of carpet that have natural fibers in them, like a jute or um, um, yeah, like a jute or seagrass, and and may have a backing in it that that has that. So once it gets wet, it takes on every bit of that moisture and starts to buckle like crazy. So once you have this buckling, you know, you might, if you didn't know what that was, you might say, well, oh my God, this carpet is messed up. What do I do? And, and I had a situation like that where a lady, um, it was an older lady, had this older carpet and it had that kind of backing in it. So once it got wet, it, it did like this. And this was before my mentor, and she called in a carpet installer who threw me under the bus and said that I had messed it up, which that wasn't the truth, that if you give it a couple of days, what it does is it, it takes on all the moisture, so that natural fiber, you know, does this kind of, well, you can't He's see. moving yeah, his arms. <laughs> you can see, it's, yeah, well, like a wave, and so it buckles, and uh, as the humidity goes out of it, it lays back down. See, we see, we see uh, carpets a lot when we're torn homes, like especially older homes. It's, the carpet's loose, and it looks like it needs to be stretched out. Is that what you're talking about here? Or? Uh, not necessarily. That, that can be where it does need to be stretched out. Okay. Because carpet, if it's not laid properly, um, because what happens is that when you, um, when you have this excess, so they... They make the room bigger than what it's supposed to be as far as the measurements go. And then once they put it along the edge, then they kick it out and whatever excess is, is there, then they cut that and then they uh, tack it down. But if you don't, if you have excess, some carpets are harder to do that with than others. Or if you have a bad installer that doesn't kick out and cut off the excess, as much excess as they can, then what happens if you start rolling furniture around and that kind of stuff, it will buckle. Mm. Uh, it will pull as you're pulling that furniture and cause that kind of scene to happen. Um, what I'm talking about is with the cleaning where you, you get it wet and then it takes on that moisture and then it's like that. And as it dries, it will come back out. Gotcha, gotcha. I had to, uh, I had to take up carpet one time at Anytime Fitness. Yeah. This is like industrial carpet. Get down. Oh my gosh. It was rough. <laughs> it was like literally the worst day of my life. Yeah. Not really, but no, it was pretty bad because I had to take a box cutter and just like cut the incisions and then I had to, and then it was just, it was like glued down like crazy. So I had to do, I had to take like this tool, it was like a shovel almost and kind of kick it. Get underneath the carpet, and then, and then we what we do we would take the we had to take the uh, box cutter, cut slits in there, in in the carpet, take some hammers and pull it, and it was stuck so bad. Like we, it was like a three person job. Me and my friend Daniel were pulling while the third person kept kicking and pl like trying Jeez. to ply the carpet from the glue. It it took us hours. It made your muscles pretty big. I can see that. <laughs> Thanks. Chris is making fun of my shirt, calling it a smedium. Shmedium. No. <laughs> Got myself conscious. Shmedium. Shmedium. Yeah. What does that he's, mean? He's, he's, he's saying my shirt. My my shirt's too small for me. Half small, half medium. Oh well. I go to Express and they tell me that that I should get smaller. Like either go for the small and just like work it out. It's like, well, I haven't been working out. So, <laughs> I don't know. Um, how often should homeowners? 
get their carpets cleaned. The, the, the major manufacturers like Shaw Industries, they recommend every 12 to 14 months with normal wear and tear to do a hot water extraction where you're extracting everything out and giving it, giving it a, um, you know, fresh, so, where, the, where the pile is, is up top. Because what happens is as you come in from outside, you're bringing soil, um, which is abrasive. It can be sand, soil, grass, whatever, you know, you're, you're walking through and it's, it's, uh, it's packing the carpet down and you're packing those things in and you can vacuum, but your vacuum only gets X amount out. And plus you've got, um, if you take your shoes off, you've got body oils. If you've got, uh, dogs or cats or whatever kind of animal. I am going to murder my dogs. No, don't do that. They, they, not literally, but they keep peeing on my carpet okay why are i don't know that? i don't know why i try to let them out the but one's really old might have well dakota is dakota's problems. really old and she has trouble getting around so i cut her to slack she usually but she she's good she usually pees on the kitchen floor capone is just one of those dogs i think he does it to get us to get a rise out of me i really do and uh, he pees on the floor i'll mop it up and get this this morning i was using the bathroom getting ready for work <coughs> and uh, are getting the girls ready for school, and I was in the bathroom, and I heard it. You know, there's a, you, you can hear it. And I was like, kapow! And then I went out. Bristol, my 18-month-year-old little girl, took her diaper off, pee all over the floor. Mm. Mocking so, the... Uh, I don't know. She she saw it from Capone. So this Capone dog, he's really yeah. causing quite the disturbance well, in the Jones house. I got to tell you... I found, and going into 23 years, that when you name your pet something that may be questionable in that department, <laughs> right. you're going to have some issues. Well, Defiance. He's a mini, he's like, you're, he's, not, he's, a, he's a Pomeranian. Yeah. He's like eight pounds. And he's a mama's boy, and I knew he was going to be a mama's boy. So I was like, well, if we're getting, if we're getting a Pomeranian, we're going to give him a tough guy name. Capone. So... Um, I'm involved with Rain Mercer. That's my, that's my partner, um, my wife, and she uh, has a cat named Bugsy. Seagull. Yep. Ah. Bugsy. She named him after Bugsy Seagull. Now Bugsy's a bully, oh. and he's got some irritable bowel kind of stuff. So go figure. Mm. What's the best remedy for carpet odor, pet odor, smoke odor, like all that sort of stuff? What do you guys usually do for that? Um. Well, the best thing is to eradicate what's causing that. And if you can do that, then that takes care of the situation. Um, oftentimes, it's not just a carpet situation, let's say for smoke or something like that. It's not just a carpet situation, but it's also in the walls. Mm -hmm. It's in the HVAC. Um, and you, you really have to treat all of those things, even with... Uh, Oh, and let's say that it's extravagant pet damage. You know, sometimes it's better just to scrap the whole thing and uh, do a, what do you call it? The, um, <clears throat> oh, Lord, it's, it's kills. Do the kills. Oh, like oh kills yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. thing, you know, where you're, you're killing it on the floor. You're killing it on the floor. <laughs> you're killing it. Sound like a dancer. <laughs> Yeah, and then you start over again because, I mean, I, with my, my stuff, um, you know, I have deodorizers. I think 
one of the the best um, reinventions for carpet cleaning has been the um, oxidizers, the peroxides, that kind of stuff. The, the great thing about those is that they are organic typically and uh, peroxide, when it is done doing what it does, it turns to oxygen and water. So that's what you're left with. And so as residue goes, that's the greatest, greatest thing. So, but those are, peroxide is great for uh, yellowing, like coffee, like organic stains, that kind of stuff, the urine and whatnot. It's because it, it just bubbles it up and it makes it easy. Is hydrogen peroxide? Yeah. But what I'm using is more concentrated than oh, okay. the 3% that oh, you get okay. at the store. Gotcha. So you got to be careful with it because it will make your hands turn like Michael Jackson you know, uh, mm. take the pigment out for, and, and sting like little bee stings for about 20 minutes or Ooh. so. So you got to be careful handling it, but it's, and that, I guess don't be scared from that as, as far as, um, that's just from handling the, the gallon, you know, pouring it into the thing, uh, the, or the receptacle to, to be able to do pre-spray. Um, once it's in the pre-spray, then it's diluted so much because I'm usually if I'm pre-spraying I'm at 300 400 PSI so it's mixing with water and, and making it so that it's not so yeah. so um, painful to touch <laughs> what are the different services that you provide I know you mentioned earlier about working at a restaurant this morning so mm -hmm. what all does Gibson's carpet cleaning actually do uh, Gibson's carpet cleaning does uh, tile Carpet, rugs, and upholstery. Upholstery? Mm-hmm. And some vinyl. What about couches? Is that... That's upholstery. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. What do you do with tile? Is that a similar process, or is that... You it is squeegees and stuff, or how does uh, that work? Uh, no, it's it's a similar process in the sense that um, you, you have pre-sprays that are specifically for the tile, um, emulsifiers, and... Um, you just spray it on the tile and then you have to take a, a hand scrubber oftentimes because of the grout it's a deeper cut so you gotta hand scrub those those grout lines and then I have a spinner that's similar to what pressure cleaners uh, pressure washers use on mm -hmm. driveways where it's got the um, the big spinner yeah and you're you're taking it but the difference between that and mine is that I've got the vacuum on it as well. So I can get up to, with my machine, I can get up to about 1,000 PSI um, working in conjunction with the, with the pre-sprays and detergents. Then I can uh, blast that stuff out and recover it at the same time. Okay. And then what areas do you serve? I know Charlotte, but how far south and how far north do you go? I I'll go. I've been up to Mooresville or um, I've been to Dallas, okay. and then so anywhere around in that area. But I mean, I've even done trade outs for people at Topsail Beach. So I'll just oh, okay. Go. okay. <laughs> hey, let me stay under the pressure for <laughs> went on there. I'll clean your carpets right before I leave. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a wonderful thing. Um, yeah, totally, man. That's pretty cool. And that's trust, too. Yeah. Know. And then, so, what does the process look like in terms of someone that may be listening? It's like, you know, I could use a good carpet cleaning. I mean, 
they reach out to you and you come by and do a consultation or how does it all work usually? How's the process go? I can usually tell people if they tell me what their situation is over the phone, I can give them a pretty good quote, ballpark quote. And, um, now you do it by square feet or by rooms? I or? usually do it by area. Okay. I call an area an average size room. Okay. When you get into um, bonus rooms, L-shaped rooms, master suites, that kind of stuff, it may be more, uh, just depending on how big or how... <laughs> this master bedroom is huge. Yeah. <laughs> it's three areas. <clears throat> yeah, well, I mean, sometimes that happens. and You, you just know, cleaned one room. Yeah, but that room was 6,000 square feet. Exactly. exactly. And, yeah. and that's... That happens, but... It's like my house. 6,000 square foot. Living room. Yeah. Is it? No. <laughs> you and Christopher Montes' house. <laughs> we share a house. He's my roommate. <laughs> and then, so does that make sense? Yeah. They, they kind of get the estimate over the phone and then you... Yeah. I can tell them... I can give them a ballpark between this and this and then once I see it... Look, so when I come to the house, I um, greet them... And then we go in, we do a, a walkthrough, and um, I'll investigate their stains and tell With them. With the magnifying glass, you get down there. <laughs> All right, where did this come from? This is a this is a regular milk. This is cereal. This is milk. a this is an odd yeah. pattern here. It's not quite symmetrical. Got that in my black light. Uh, <laughs> is it safe to use a rug doctor? Is it safe? Talking about what you were talking about earlier. <laughs> Well, I'll do the Pepsi challenge on your rug doctor versus my stuff any day. Yeah, like, because what you're saying, like, if if people don't know what type of carpet they have or what type of solutions to use, they just rent this thing from Food Line and now their carpet's all messed up, right? I mean, does that happen a lot? I, it does, and, and some people know what they're doing, um, but oftentimes those rug doctors are are portable units so they just don't have the vacuum recovery they tell you to use x amount of detergent and where that kind of goes wrong is is like a Bissell kind of machine where they tell you to use x amount of detergent which and this is just my personal feeling i feel like they tell you to do more than than you should because what happens is once you put that detergent in and you're not able to recover it, then it's soap attracts dirt. So if you've left this detergent residue in, it attracts new spots in your old spot area. Yeah. And then you've got a, a problem. And so most people, what they do is they say, oh, well, I've got a new spot. I'm going to go hit that with my Resolve or my Bissell mm. thing, put more detergent on it. And it goes away for a second, but then a few days when the kids or pets or That's whatever. That's exactly what, what's going on in my house. Really? Yeah, totally. It really is. you got a residue problem. <laughs> so what, is, what does he need to do? Just water? Get it up with water? and yeah. I need to call somebody. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's the, that's the best case scenario because I've got some superpower behind my stuff. But, you know, using um, – so with a pre-spray that I have, it's typically an alkaline-based pre-spray and then an acid-based um, extraction formula. Most stains – and I know you wanted to get into this. I can tell. No, no, dude. <laughs> so you've, got, you've got these stains that are acid-based stains. So alkaline-based pre-sprays will um, be able to loosen them up or, you know, 
and I essentially just go the other way. Um, so when I'm doing what I'm doing, if most stains are acid-based stains and I pre-spray with an alkaline-based pre-spray, then if, if I'm coming along with an acid-based extraction formula, not only does that neutralize what's going on with the alkaline-based pre-spray, but the acid is also taking care of whatever alkaline-based stains there are. <laughs> Professor Gibson, everybody! Did you push up your glasses? <laughs> 23 years. <laughs> Yeah, carpet expert. That's amazing, man. Yeah, it might be TMI, but it's just my process. But, you know, people invest so much money into their home. Carpet is, you know, a big thing. If you screw up your carpet, you're going to be upset. So it's Well, and and you've got homeowners that do that, and then you've got other cleaners that go out there and do that. Yeah. How do you make the lines in the carpet? How do I make the lines? Yeah, do you know how? Like, like, I don't know if this is a vacuum. Like, whenever I vacuum... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your vacuum doesn't look as good as I want players. the lines, man. I want the lines. Like you want the, the seesaw pattern? Or yes, the, any the, pattern. The saw pattern? The sawtooth pattern? Yes. Or you want the uh, up and back? Either either one. Either one. <laughs> it is just like a matter of vacuuming it in one spot and then going back and doing, going back over in, in the other direction or... It depends on what your carpet is. Um, Cheap. If, you, if you've got a pile, if you if there's any kind of pile to it, then you can do that. If it doesn't have a pile, then you can't do that. What's a pile? Like a Berber. A Berber is a looped kind of carpet. Uh, looped like versus area. cut pile. Yeah. Cut pile is, you know, just like this. Looped is like this. Gotcha. I think I'm looped. Sounds like you are. Yeah. So you may not have a pile that you can really do that with. But, um, so you're not fortunate. (laughs) (laughs) What a pile of my carpet. (laughs) All right. So let's get into some of your hobbies, man. You, you, you were a model at a young age. You got into music at a young age and you're acting and doing comedy. I mean, how did you get into all the arts like you did? Photography? I mean, um, yeah, I, I, I just, as a kid, I was, I was different. I mean, in the sense of just that I love music and movies and television. I just absorbed it. 70s, 80s, uh, 90s. That was, that's what I loved. And I was absorbed into this world where it was kind of like that TV show that was on HBO many years ago. I can't even remember what it was called. I can tell you what. Give me, give me, give me a clue. He, at the beginning, he's watching the television and it's influenced his life so much and then uh it's like move on or something like that and he was this guy and he had a, an ex-wife and, and we're going back like 15 years maybe. Sound, I okay I can, I can still give me it uh move on it was something like that i know i used to enjoy watching it but um what were some of your favorite shows growing up that influenced you so much like that well, the the standard would be Star Wars and uh, Flash Gordon was big. I used to I used to take a football and run around in the in the backyard and go. <laughs> Your name's like God. I give some kids. <laughs> I had action figures. Uh, my mom was very. I think that's where my cleaning thing comes from uh if we're being honest because uh, my mom was uh, a perfectionist 
to the T and she expected things to be uh, done well, done right in her way and whatnot. And so um, that that parlayed into into my thing to have a good attention to detail. I think that's what what makes a good carpet cleaner typically is just somebody that pays attention to the detail and what they're what they're doing. Yeah. And taking the time to make sure the the job is done right. And that was instilled upon me as a child. But going back to the to the playing and stuff, like, you know, my toys were super pristine. Typically, <laughs> yeah. um, lined up on the shelf. <laughs> Don't take that out of the box. Yeah, um, but you know, I loved, I loved Star Wars and Flash Gordon. Um, trying to think of what else, like. Karate Kid. Karate Kid. Well, Karate Kid was a little bit later, um, but yeah, I you know they're making a Netflix show. Did you hear about that? Oh yeah, it's it's in Atlanta. I've oh, actually, okay. um, there's been auditions that it's where uh daniel has to come back because the cobra kai is uh taken over again yeah he's like how many storylines are they gonna oh, have i don't know i thought that was a real? i thought that was like a funnier die parody no no it's a real this thing is real oh, yeah oh wow so shooting in atlanta i've gotten audition notices about that are you, gonna, are you gonna keep... try out are you gonna audition well, if they have a role for me, I would certainly get. You look. You could be. You kind of look like Ralph Macchio. He's about that age, and you could you could fit into the <laughs> cover cut. No, he doesn't. Ralph Macchio. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe that was a stretch. Tom Cruise, yes. Get hey, get this. I'm value. What's a movie Tom that Cruise. that Tom Cruise and Ralph Macchio played in together? Can you guess? Outsiders. Boom, boom, my man. We were talking about that a few podcasts yeah. ago. Right. What a great cast. Gee, what? this is the House of Jones, Bill. Yeah, yeah. Even though this isn't, this is a makeshift <laughs> <Yeah>. one. <laughs> so, how did you? <laughs> what are some of your favorite projects or your influences? That who are some of your favorite actors and people you look like? Oh, favorite? well, I got to tell you, I just took the Sam Jackson Masterclass, and here's a plug for Masterclass. It's amazing. You wouldn't, you wouldn't believe. So they have different types of uh, professions and professionals teaching in each. Like like they have a Steph Curry teaching basketball. Yeah, they do. It's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Christina Aguilera teaches singing. Uh, Ron Howard teaches directing. Yeah. Martin Scorsese teaches directing. I've taken the. Imagine learning from those two. Yeah. Oh man. Right, and it's only ninety dollars. So, uh, it's good, and I've I've taken uh, stand up comedy from Steve Martin. Sam Jackson of acting, and I did do the Kevin Spacey acting. Good. But, I mean, and I'm okay with it. Like, I, I'm not okay with what he did. He's, right? oh, he's, yeah, he's still yeah, a great yeah, actor, yeah, but yeah, people, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I forgot about that. I was just like, yeah, he's a great actor. But, uh, yeah. There, yeah, there, were, well, there was a backlash. There were people that wanted their money back and stuff, and I'm like, well, I don't particularly care for what he's done in his personal life, but as far as his actor choices goes, I can... Oh, I just got puberty from that. <laughs> yeah. What is that? Yeah. Oh, Kevin Spacey's going to teach me acting. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm in trouble. Everybody's <laughs> like, calm down. Uh, did you guys meet on a movie set or something? I feel like there's some sort of artistic connection with you guys. You and Rain? Uh, Rain and I met through a mutual friend. Oh, okay. And um, who was... She's... She had worked with Rain, and I had worked with her through artistic endeavors, and she's just this magical person who said, 
Uh, I see rain to have similarities to Paul. Let's see what can happen if we do. And we got together and there were super sparks. Cool. Magical connection. And yeah, she, I mean, she has an amazing uh, artistic ability that I super admire and, and try to push. You know, she's she's gotten into a, a, a place where she, she's, um, you know, sales service for Dom Tar paper and so it's a paper company exactly and and the office was based on domtar domtar is a canadian company and um they did base that that show on the domtar at least uh, as far as the american version i'm not really sure how that works but um I mean, you can even see Dom Tar paper in the background That's for funny. their things. Do you like do you uh, like the British version or the American version better? That's funny because Rain likes the British version better, and I like the American version better. But I think they're both really incredible. And inspiring. six degrees of separation. There's an actor named Rain Wilson in the office. It comes full circle. It's true. Not spelled the same. Not spelled the same. It's okay. Still, well, the Sorry. British version. If, if there was, if there were more, because we've had this episode, we've had this conversation before. If you were stranded on a desert island, which version of the office would you rather have? And the American wins out every time because of the volume of more episodes. So many ep- more, more episodes. Yeah, if you, you take think the- it's because of the episodes or because you're asking Americans. Well, we had, we had this conversation. <laughs> this is yeah. what we talk about at lunch. <laughs> so, if you were stranded on a desert island, because look, man, you got you got ten seasons of twenty episodes or however many in, in the American version. Yeah. Versus literally, if you if you like thirteen or thirteen 14. or fourteen. So I mean, you got like hundred, like three hundred versus thirteen. Yeah, go. How was your I see ex- that. How was your experience as a comedian? Like, I know you you went to the Comedy Zone School, right, and graduated that. I did. I did. You, uh, which I love the bit about the van. He's got this funny bit about uh, driving his cleaning van around. Like you're not being you can a insert, You can yeah. insert the the clip here. Yeah, yeah, I should. Yeah, yeah, you should. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the difference between a stalker and uh, or he's not a stalker, even though he drives a white windowless van. Yeah, yeah it was pretty funny. Yeah, I've got a white van with no side windows. I am not a stalker. <laughs> uh, but do people, I mean, I have a hard time getting people to, because I'm a friendly person. I'm from the South. I'm from Charlotte. I like to just give a wave to people. I, I mean, what's wrong with that? I just like to give a wave. I like to give an acknowledgement. Oh, hello. How are you? And then people are like, they see the van and they're like, oh, this guy is. I cannot write down the license plate number write it down definitely don't wave at children it's yeah and that's even that when I'm pulling into my neighborhood and there's there's kids that are there I like to wave and give a a big wave because I'm a big kid myself but I can't because I'm in my I'm in my van yeah (laughs) and people are like oh is he gonna get us But so, how did you like comedy? Are you still doing it? I mean, are you actively pursuing it? Uh, You know, okay, so the reason that I did it was because I wanted to take that challenge. Um, And I know we're skipping around. So there's, I would say, I did improv. uh, I started improv back in 04? 04. Started improv, um, and I take took classes from the Charlotte Comedy Theater, 
and I learned that craft. Um, really, I fell in love with it. I, I enjoyed that. I liked being around funny people. I feel like I would do really well at improv. I, I feel like we should do an improv scene right now. <laughs> okay, let's do it. All right. Let's do it. All right. Okay. You you start it. You, uh, you you initiate it. I can I can really do it. I can knock this out the park. What, what, do you need like a scene or how does that work usually? Yes, you, give me a suggestion. A suggestion. How's it, how's it suggestion. Yeah, we'll we'll do a suggestion. We're gonna do it live here on the podcast. All right, uh, podcast. <laughs> yeah, you would do great, Brian. Hey. <laughs> I'm so glad that we can be on the podcast together. I know. Isn't it great? It, when you can get like-minded people together and just start talking about whatever, it's the best, isn't it, Chris? Yes, that's great. See, I'm terrible. It, it is. No, you're not. It is hard. It, well, when you deny, you just have to agree to deny. But, I mean, that's where you start. You just say, yes, that is the podcast. It's great. So, this... So, I was able to take this podcast and give it to Ashton Kutcher, and Ashton Kutcher actually wants to sign us to a to a deal, Chris. That's wonderful. Yeah, that sounds good. I heard the that Demi Moore, she got a hold of that idea, and she's gonna take it and probably steal it from me. Well, Demi Moore and I have a really great relationship. We're friends, <laughs> so um, that's something that I'll probably talk to her talk talk to her about next time I see her. Which, I believe that you could. If you can see her in a reasonable amount of time, because it's going to happen in the next couple of days. Well, I'll call her when we get off the podcast here. This is, this is, That's, this is a, <laughs> God, just <laughs> you, you should go to the school that Paul went to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that, I don't know that I, I don't know that I got anything. Well, Demi Moore and her and Ashton Kutcher aren't together anymore, so. I know, that's. I was trying to give some conflict there in the story. Oh, I don't know. Do you like to scrap you, all this? Do you like improv better than stand-up? Or, and do you like acting um, better than both of those? I like acting better than all that. I, I feel like stand-up and... Uh, for me, personally. But uh, acting... Improv, you know, you can make some stuff up. But that gets pretty scary. Especially if you don't have a good connection with someone. You know, you and your brother, like you guys can, you guys can have a banter together because you do. You improv all the time. It's just when you get into improv mode, yeah. then you like you you clinch. Yeah, <laughs> you clinch, and then you can't you can't make that work. So and then but, you have what we just had. Yeah, just like a kind of podcast Tell me more. I don't know. Who <laughs> knows? Okay. I know what should I say? The, the teacher's just like, no, go ahead. But I mean, that's part of the exploration of it, uh, and not being afraid to fail, because right. I mean, you learn from that. And usually, improvisers are practicing. Uh, they're taking these suggestions. I'm not saying that they're recycling their material. But you get into a certain thing. Uh, he's meditating over here. He's meditating. He's meditating this. Um, you you just you get into a thing where your mind is already programmed for that. You yeah. know, the more that you do it, the more you practice, the more you do the real estate stuff. Uh, the more I do the carpet cleaning stuff. It's it's like uh, I don't get I don't get upset about. Uh, things that could go wrong it's just easy wait that doesn't sound right I guess what I'm saying is you know it's 
you just relax into it. You're, and that makes you better at what you're doing because you can relax into it. You know what you're doing. You practiced, you're ready for the game. That's what I'm saying. It's not about like messing up and carpet cleaning. It's, it's just saying, you know, I've been doing this for 23 years. I really understand it. I understand the fundamentals of it. And you I got can, your mastery down. It's the 10,000 yeah. 10, hour rule. You got yeah. And sometimes I feel like I can do it in my sleep, even though I wouldn't. That's like <laughs> I, was, I was listening to uh, Barstool Sports. Or what was I listening to? Eh, I'm not going to get into it. I forget. But anyway, they were talking about professional athlete uh, before the Super Bowl. And... They weren't nervous because well they were nervous because they were playing in the Super Bowl but they were they were confident because they just done everything boom boom so often and so much yeah. they've practiced it they've perfected it so it's just down executing. Um, all right, so the photography business, the last yes. kind of not that it's more like an octagon of all the things that you got your fingers in, but like well can we go of, back to can we go back to stand up? Yeah, I just yeah. wanna I want to explain what that what that was for me because um, I, I feel like it's a well I'll just say my mom uh, got diagnosed with um, glioblastoma brain tumor oh, and um, you know I just so I'm, this isn't funny at all yeah. <laughs> but I'm just saying so my my best friend my best friend's brother got diagnosed with a glioblastoma at 35 and glioblastoma is pretty, pretty heavy. It's like the worst brain tumor that you can have because it's super aggressive. He was able to beat it, um, had a good five years and then it came back with a, with a vengeance. Um, and he had several months, you know, where he was trying to fight it and this and that, and then it just didn't work out. And then a couple months later, uh, my mom got diagnosed with the exact same thing. It was in a different place in the brain, but he got it. She got diagnosed with the exact same thing, and uh, fortunately, I had been able. I was around with my best friend's brother, and I got to got to know how to deal with this situation um, firsthand. And so that was a blessing in terms of what had happened with my mom. But during that time, you know, it was one of those life is short and I'm looking for something that can help me fulfill the sadness and the everything that's going into this. And so I found the the uh, Comedy Zone had their stand-up class where they teach you and oh, I just thought like six weeks, eight weeks, something like that. And then at the end, then uh, they help you formulate your set and then you go and you do it. Um, and it was just, uh, it was a great release to be able to say that. I mean, you know, it's, laughing when things are tragedy, when, when things are tragic, laughing when things are tragic kind of helps you get through that and it doesn't take away from the severity of the situation but it's like come on you know you gotta be able to take care of yourself and that was one way that I could do that yeah plus uh you know I like to perform and I like to have you know laugh with people and that kind of stuff so uh, it was great I forgot my set (laughs) (laughs) so I had to I had to improvise that 
So if you see the if you see the set, you'll see. Yeah, well, like you pull out your note cards and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I made it part of the bit. Yeah. So no. if if I could do it again, um, I would certainly I'd be more on it unless I decided that that was what my character was, which was the forgetful <laughs> guy and saying, "Oh well, sorry guys, I'm gonna have to look at my thing now." Um, yeah, you, but you recovered really well because you like started <laughs> flinging them on the floor, like done that one, done that. One. Yeah, been through that. <laughs> But I put them in there just in case, because yeah. I was nervous about it. But that is it was it was challenging to do that, and I had changed my set at last minute right before we went up there, like a day or two beforehand, because I wasn't real super strong in what what I was doing, and then I came up with what what I thought was going to work out well, better. With having the confidence and, and the courage to go up there is, is something entirely you know admirable that you know. Yeah, Cause a lot, especially I mean, a lot of not everybody would would do that to go up there and take that risk and everything like that. So. Yeah, man, I appreciate you sharing that. That's that's pretty good. Yeah. Well, I I enjoyed it and I got through it and I would like to do more of that, but I just I haven't. It's it's been for acting, you know. I can. It's me, and I'm vulnerable. I'm putting myself out there. I'm not hiding behind a character, but with stand up, it's like. You're coming up with your own material, so that's yeah. improv. And then, um, you know, if people don't like it or you get some adversity. It's like, yeah. it's just a challenge. It's very, it's uncomfortable, and you're putting putting yourself in an uncomfortable position, and that's where you grow. It's definitely, I, it's definitely the most. Um, like I think it takes the most talent to be a successful stand-up comedian than anything else, really. Because like, like you said, you have to perform it, you have to write it, you basically just out there and make it fresh and yeah. and that's why I think some of the uh, the greatest actors are the comedians because they've they've done that they they have to get out there and and yeah. do a set like that especially if people are not I mean usually people come to yeah Erica um, he's gotta go soon oh no yeah, uh, alright well let's get into the photography <laughs> then so how long have you been doing a photography been a photographer and then what all types of photography do you do um well i i took pictures when i was in grade school and i took a photography class in sixth grade and i really enjoyed it that was when film was out there what's film (laughs) what's film it's an archaic uh they still sell that at walmart and it's way overpriced it's like nine bucks for a roll of film yeah you can't mess up you gotta Shoot those thirty six. You gotta make them, make them good, make them count. Um, I got into it and and uh, back in then, and I didn't really mess with it until my thirties. Um, the Saving Grace was a Nikon Cool Picks, and once I got that, it was uh, I started taking pictures of everything, and enjoyed really enjoyed that with the landscapes the people the flowers all that kind of stuff and I said well I feel like I have a knack for this um, it wasn't until I went to China I went to China in 09 to I had a modeling and acting contract and I'd actually bought a really super nice camera a Nikon D40X um, about a year and a half beforehand but I was there was something about it that was intimidating to me 
So I didn't really pick it up. I was using my phone camera yeah. at that time, and which the pictures aren't good. Um, but when I went to China, I took this this camera with me, and I was living with uh, I was living with models and exploring Hong Kong and Guangzhou and all. It was just, just yeah, suffering, uh, suffering, suffering, suffering. <laughs> And uh, so I started taking pictures, and then when I came back, it was like, oh, well, I feel like I really have a super knack for this. I've got some cool things that I've taken pictures of, and uh, I've done, you know, a gallery show in a hair in a hair uh, a hair gallery to uh, Orange Olive, and um, and that was a great show. Um, but again, it's like you know. I've, I feel like I've got these these hobbies that I do, and carpet cleaning is is has been the mainstay to help me with my artistic endeavors. But these kind of things, it's like, you know, that will take off for a while, and then it will kind of come back, and other things will take off and come back. And but I feel like because I hear there's a lot of people that say to me, "Oh, you know, you got to concentrate on one thing. You're gonna." That's the only way that you're gonna be able to make it, and I I feel like I've got other thing I've got a bunch of things that I want to do, and each time that I do something, I get a little bit further with it. It may take longer for me if I had one thing, maybe it would take off that way. But it's where it is. It's like you know, each time I got a little bit yeah of that. I don't know if that's podcast worthy. <laughs> yeah, no, that is. It makes sense, too. Uh, all right. Well, let's take the last minute here and just kind of uh, remind everybody who you are, what you do, and then more importantly, how they can get in touch with you if they want to use your services. I'm Paul Gibson, Gibson's Carpet Cleaning. I can be reached at 704-579-9406 or gibsoncleans at mindspring.com. Um, and for photography, I have a website that's, uh, www.paulgibsonphoto.com. I love to take portraiture and, um, I even do pets sometimes. Um, and then the acting is www.mrpaulgibson.com, M-R-P-A-U-L-G-I-B-S-O-N.com. And you can see my... Stand up for carpet cleaning and um, earworms. Yeah. And, well, I don't know. It's It just shows all my stuff. And um, I just got I just got hired to do On Golden Pond at CPCC. Oh, wow. Last night. Very cool. Congrats. Congrats. Nice. Congratulations. I got a thing yeah. coming out. And, <laughs> um, and I got a short coming out called The Big Pitch with, um, with Jeremy Carr, who, who threw this together with his patron saint productions. Um, it's about a guy who gets called into his work. He's got a big pitch that he's supposed to do. And he's supposed to be there in like two minutes ago. So uh-huh. it's this whole thing of how he gets from... Uh, shaving to the big pitch. Very cool. Nice. I like Very it. Cool. I like it. Well, Paul, thanks for swinging by the Jones Zone. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Pleasure to have you, thanks. man. Oh, he got me first, Chris. <laughs> he did. He got me. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to the Jones Zone Podcast with Chris and Brian Jones. We'll catch you on the next episode. 